Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call Radio. We are here, Season 2, Episode 8, and the audio worked yet again. It was a close call here for me. It was a very close call tonight. I even heard him say that he might get pissed here in a moment. Yeah. That's almost a verbatim quote. Yeah, that's... <laughs> see, but when you when you acknowledge in advance that you're about to lose your cool, I mean, that's, that's at least a sign of <laughs> some <laughs> maturity. I might get pissed here in a moment. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Things happen, you know? That's just how it goes sometimes. Especially when you're recording music right beforehand. But I regret nothing. You don't label your audio inputs, man. It kills me. No, no, no. They are labeled one, two, three, four, five. Dude, why? <laughs> because they are literally one, two, three, four, so five. So I went and I generated a new audio track for you, and it did that Windows thing where it just appended a two. So now you have a track in your project that says 12. Yeah, that's perfect. This is what happens. No, no, no. Like, if you care too much about those details... You know, it starts to get in the way. Now, I agree that if you don't care enough, it also starts to get in the way. Yeah. And that's... But it's not really in the way to me. Do you think Jack White goes into the studio, just looks at a bread tangle of cables and says, all right, let's make an album? I think he did. And I hope he continues to. No, I... Especially when you're working in the analog world, you need organization. You need efficiency. You need techniques. All these people that are pretending to be creative because they're mystical, unorganized artists, I guarantee have a label maker. Album of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Can somebody please please? Venmo me for a label maker? (laughs) (laughs) A label maker would not help. Look, the ends of the mics are enough for me to generally know. They're all XLRs. No, 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 no. They are each, Do you want to make this a technical music discussion? Jake, no. This is a technical I, music podcast what do now. We got, what do we got cooking this week? <laughs> oh, all right. We have, um, we have a curious selection. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Where do I start? It sounded a little nervous. Let's, uh, well, I, I don't know. We'll is see what happens. There's some emotional investment in this album. I'm not going to answer that. Well, I have to figure out how lightly to tread. Okay. Because oh, no. yours and I's rivalry is getting a little heated on the show, and I'm starting to think that our fans think that we're not friends in real life. Yeah. Well, let's let's keep the mystery alive. Okay. Okay. Because the mystery is so. alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. All right. I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about my own experience with the album. I'm just going to say this. The album was released... Through a str- okay, so the album, sorry, for those that are just joining in, the artist is A-T-O. Um, he technically pronounces it A-T-O, but I just don't like that pronunciation. So I'm just going to say A-T-O, probably. Um, anyways, so A-T-O uh, is a British rapper, and he teamed up and started doing tracks with my favorite artist ever, who is Eden from Dublin, Ireland. And um, long story short, they started doing tracks together and they were releasing them one at a time on SoundCloud. Okay. And then a couple years later, they took a bunch of the tracks that they had done and then they tied it all together into an actual album called Man of the House. And that was the album of the week this week. So I'm not going to say much more than that. I just want to hear what you guys thought of it. 
I think Logan needs to Why? start. Okay, when I, did I the think meme Logan becomes that start? I start with Damon starts. No, no, no. I think Damon Logan starts. needs to start this week. I don't want to start. Yeah, you need to. Logan does bless his heart start almost every week. Well, yeah. see, here's the thing. When <laughs> I, Logan, I mean, here, if Cody Logan start. doesn't ah. start, then Logan will simply it's, be contrary to the first person who starts. That, okay, that's oh, true. Oh, is that what's going on <laughs> you here? You know what? That's you think, true. You uh, really yeah. think that your opinion has so much bearing on whether I love or hate an album. Yes, I actually it, I am part, I am impartial. It's proven surprisingly I, accurate. I am what Anthony Fantano claims to be. I cannot be influenced by money or other people's opinions. Absolute bullcrap. Absolute bullcrap. Right. I come in here I speak my mind. I do staged interviews with Oliver Tree that totally weren't paid for by Atlantic. Well, like, are you going to start, you know, having qualms with the fans too? Because they're starting to express some opinions too. And it's alarming. There's concern about whether or not your opinion is, you know, one that ought to be validated. The fan base is starting to get concerned about this. Are you going to go against them too? I'm saying that if you can't understand that the human condition is a mess of contradictions and hating people similar to you, then I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast in the first place. You know what I think? <laughs> I, I think I think that Logan should have the backbone to have his own opinion. That's what I think. And, I, what? and, and thus what? I say, and bless I his gosh for say. I have Spartacused my way through <laughs> so many of these conversations. Yeah, that's what happened on Oliver Tree. Y'all were like, "Who's Spartacus?" Did, I was like, "I'm." Spartacus, Damon raises his hands like, "Yeah, I think he's annoying too." Like, I you have know, held my own. No, no, it's true. You did. You did yeah. recruit on the Oliver Tree episode this time around. <laughs> yeah, you did recruit. Simple. I'm pyramid scheming my let's, way into your hearts let, right now. Let, let, let's let's take an appeal to the past. Do you remember what happened that one time we did a Christian hip hop album? We're doing a Christian hip hop <laughs> album again. <laughs> Not really. I mean, he, say? he talks. Okay, well, I'll get into that in a second. But okay, just somebody start. I want to hear what you guys think of the freaking album. I think Logan needs like, to start. Let's hear it. Eden's a really talented guy. I respect Jonathan Ng. Mm. His production on this album is immaculate. Some of the most interesting electronic mixed with organic textures that I've ever heard. I think he even outdid himself compared to No Future. And easily outdid himself back when he was making songs for white women. Oh my gosh. But, sorry, sorry. <laughs> white girls. Let's be real with it. No, no self-respecting person over 30 ever liked an early Eden song. Absolutely disagree, but you well, know, no, no, no. it is what it is. I think perhaps he go got better. Going into the future, that could be different. But I would say when he came out, that's probably true that the, you the, guys the weren't fan, even there. The you weren't even can't. there. You have no freaking clue. <laughs> That's my, on, you're, you're proving on, my point. On. You're proving my point. See, it was it, it appealed to younger people. It was only available to people that were on young people music platforms. SoundCloud, yeah. yeah. Wait, didn't you say people over 30? Or did yeah, you say people under saying, 30? Nobody, nobody over no, 30's listening to it. I was, I was ruling out women because nobody over 30 would like an early Eden track. Oh, nobody over 30. Yeah. 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 Are you uh, claiming is this that still a yeah. diss? No, like, it kind of came across as like a you become assault, a woman but... at the age of thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that's a dollar in the cake jar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are backpedaling here a little bit. Backpedaling here a little bit. Uh, Eden totally outdid himself on this album. These are some of my favorite textures that I've ever heard on a pop-like record. So I want to give huge kudos to that. 
I mad respect that stuff. However, Atu. Oh, he's calling him Atu. He, he made <laughs> that decision. Guys, <laughs> guys, when are we going to stop with this emotional rapping meme? It hasn't worked ever. Like, not, I, I've been racking my brain since the 80s, the 90s, ugh, the 2000s, ooh, the tw- 2010s. When has emotional rapping ever sounded good? 3-6 Mafia. Those songs have a lot of emotion in them. That's Shout out to Juicy <laughs> J and DJ Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Listen, Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> I'm not saying that Tommy Wright 3 wasn't really into what he was rapping about. I'm saying that, like, this kind of, like, orchestra, soft, building, powerful, emotional rapping is the worst. Okay, whoa, and whoa, whoa, it's whoa, whoa, doubled whoa. by the fact that it's British. And as we all know, I don't respect <laughs> British rap, okay. except for that one right. Skepta feature by Playboy Cardi album. We have Time Out, Time, time out. out by Cody. <laughs> A new segment for the show. Rhyme. That's it. That's all my thought was. I, just, I can't believe <laughs> I that can't, you would bring Grime down to this I'm not, cool you know level. What? I would not even bring Grime down to this level because I've heard Grime songs that make me want to party, but I've never heard a Grime song that made me want to feel like I should be a better person. And that's what I feel like Atu's trying to do on this album. He's talking to me, he's coming through, and Eden brings up his majestically mixed synth swells, and the glass raindrops come down from the heavens, and he says, Hey, bro, I worked hard for what I got. <laughs> and it just, it kills the mood for me. It's similar to like, oh, it's similar to like big pun songs because pun's an, a fantastic rapper, but he'd always get these terrible features on it where it's like, don't mess with us if you're going to pull up. And I'm, uh, it yeah, makes you want to die. Was except the whole album is like this. No, dude, he had Fat Joe on a like, capital punishment. That record goes stupid hard. No, that album the does go hard, but the choruses are so bad. No, and like, it, I think it adds to it. I and think it happens. Wrong. And this is what I think made Eminem bad, too, because Eminem used to be about like these crazy pop referencing IDGAF songs. And then all of a sudden, he became this rapper about becoming a better person. And I'm working, but I'm angry because I grinded. And it's... Yeah. Oh, man. Emotional rap is just horrible. I really feel Post Malone when he came through and said, if you're trying to do some sensitive stuff, make it into a rock song. Mm, wow. That's an interesting claim. And and furthermore, Midwest I know what up. you're about to bring up is the Kendrick Lamar's... Uh, all the real tracks that emo rappers get into, but A, emo rap is really fun, and that's the point of it. Hey, it's partying with let's, sadness. Let's not forget, what, what what's that song? Uh, what's his bucket's room? One pick Marvin's, Marvin's room? room? Yeah. Is singing. Yeah. Because if you're going to get emotional, you need to sing. You don't need to be like, God about the move. Okay, (laughs) ATO, however you want to pronounce it, there is singing. There is singing, but the emotional stuff is in the rapping. Mm, And that's why it's bad. I'm going to say the moment of most impact and my personal favorite moment on the album, I think the first song is great. Honestly, I really like that first song. And I think that those, those like... You know, just battering the the snare drum head with like brushes and 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 like kind of distorting it, and it sounds very interesting to me. And then he just sings that chorus, and it's really slow. And the and the really the drums are kind of chilled, hectic. I think it's a good energy. Well, and and let me be clear: when there is singing on the album, it just sounds like an incredible Eden album. 
and then it's great. The album's great when I forget that there's a British rapper rapping on it. But when he, he is, and when it's all about, like, his interfacing with, like, God and religion and, and his struggle to become being sober, I'm like, dude, legit. Am I listening to a Sufjan Stevens album, or am I listening to an actually good ambient electro? That, uh, I mean, I hear that point. Where it lives in between, but 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 I I will not disqualify or discredit them for trying something in in a little bit of a different um, genre or venue. Like I I always mm. reward that. It should have gone full Frank Ocean. That's my main thing with it. It should have gone full Frank Ocean, and instead it hovers around 2010s Eminem. And it just, it really rubs me the wrong way. So I challenge the rest of you, except for Jake, because, I mean, I know you like this album, and honestly, I can see what you like about it. I challenge the rest of you to think of one emotional rap song that you like. One. I only listen to, like, 3-6 Mafia. Like I said, Project Pat. Project Pat goes hard. There's a lot of emotion in talking about fighting in the club. And go ahead. I I literally don't care. You guys can eat me alive, but I think... 21 Pilots have quite a few songs that I like. Don't like on me. Yeah, I I can't speak there because I I, absolutely love them. Yeah, I can't. I think the only sad rap song I can even think about is Stressed Out by A Tribe Called Quest, and that's not a very good song. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Maybe that's what I mean. I just don't listen to sad rap ever. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a big... You're pretty involved in that venue is the irony to me like sad boy rap i think oh logan yeah, has deep roots there's in sad, boy sad rap. rap and then there's emotional rap and i would even add a third category which is like artistic depressed rap which is where you get like the mics the new earl sweatshirt stuff and like kendrick lamar on the track you where it's just like horrifying warped production over like really hazy lyrics and i think that stuff that can be interesting sonically, but nothing is more cringy to me. And I, and I mean, maybe nothing. Cause I've been getting into country lately than the swelling of the strings along with clearly mixed rap vocals being emotional. Trap is fun. Like when I say I like sad boy rap, it's because it's really fun to pop off to Lil peep talking about his drug addictions. <laughs> well, that's your opinion. Yeah, no, it's, and I hate Lil peep. <laughs> I think you do place it well. I think you understand what's happening. I I, I do feel that you you're not ignorant here. You're not you're not just coming out from left field. Like I definitely do think you are placing it correctly. But I can't discredit the genre like that. There's there's enough stuff in there that I actually do enjoy personally. But like I I have not been one to find a lot of like um, I don't identify with that music necessarily. Like, sad boy rap isn't something that like has saved me from the gutters of my life. Yeah, but but, but people say that about every genre too. Like, I don't care how emotional your genre of music is. People will always be like, "This artist saved my life," and it's like, "Dead Mouse saved your life." <laughs> yeah. De- Dead Mouse stopped you from killing yourself. Yes. Okay. It. Cr- I mean, I can't. I'm not here to gatekeep that at all like you know whatever you identify with or attached to and so that's why i mean i can't say that there's anything like wrong going on with this uh genre like 
your your identification as emotional rap. I, I don't think anything wrong is going on there. And I I personally struggle with the same thing that you're talking about, I think, but in a different genre, like big epic uh like fantasy metal. I get the same cringe from mm. that. More so than I'm getting from what this genre is accomplishing at the moment. So I, I identify with what you're saying, but like I think that that cringe is completely relative. I can see how we're probably feeling the same feelings, despite the fact that I love X Japan. So I liked the album, though. Like, I think he's got... First of all, I actually really like that he's British, and I think <laughs> British rap... Oh, boy. Aaron so likes, Aaron a, British likes British a British guy. guy. Oh, man. <laughs> Shut it down. I think British rap is, you know, something that just... I think, you know, whatever. Hip-hop is something that's pretty purely american one of the few things that i can actually identify that i do believe has a heart in america originally is hip-hop and i'm excited that other people are kind of catching that vision and then translating it to their culture and just because you don't completely understand it doesn't mean you can be on a high horse and tell them they're doing it wrong you know oh no i'm not saying british rappers are doing it wrong i just think they sound funny nice Perfect. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you get off with that one. You're okay with it. Like, I mean, like, I, I'm coming here and I recognize this puts me in a very attackable position, but I just think British rap for the most part sounds very goofy. And when it's paired with emotional rap, that kind of crosses the line, which is why, despite the fact that, again, my favorite production probably since frank ocean's blonde that's how far i'm willing to push this oh the the british emotional rapping can't do it huh i can't do it man it sounds so goofy and it it will never not sound like doctor who talking about how he got (laughs) sober i can hear what you're saying but I, I also think it's kind of kind of rude, man. <laughs> Is that this episode? Have I gone too far? Have I, I gone it, too you've far? You've gone pretty you do, far. It's your opinion, whatever. <laughs> oh, no. British whatever. people rapping sounds goofy. They can't do it. <laughs> Does anybody else have an opinion on the album before I ruin any more of my friendships? Cody. I liked it. I actually listened to it three times. Wow. Uh, I tried a few times to listen to it and I don't like the first track. It was totally missed on me. But the last like three songs on there, I think, I don't know what order. I was playing Microsoft Flight Sim for like eight hours today before <laughs> I came over. And I just kind of put this on on my second monitor and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Like uh, Heights, Heaven, and Through the Eyes of a Hurricane all made like my monthly playlist. They're all really good. And I'd agree with Logan on it. Like the production on this is fantastic. Where I disagree with Logan is I don't know anything about emotional rap like have a basis about how much i hate it or like it for that like matter it doesn't bother me when someone's like rapping about becoming sober because i don't know it wouldn't bother me if like the rolling stones wrote a song about becoming sober i I would just be like all right yeah is what it is if that's where you're at in your career then cool advancement's fine with me but i I just it like emotional rap it doesn't really connect but it also doesn't bother me. It's just it's like a gray area. I'm neutral on it. But the production was fantastic. And those three songs also have like really electronic focused beats rather than anything else, which is way more up my alley than I don't need someone rapping over violins, man. I just I never do. I never will. You you also I think you're the resident grime expert. 
I don't know if I'd go that far, but I listened to some grime. A resident at this table. At grime. this table. Okay, yeah. Yeah, fair play. I've made a couple <laughs> playlists. <laughs> does that make me the resident witch house expert? As someone who does not know what that is, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Lots of titles to claim here, guys. Congrats. Start going for them. <laughs> I, I don't think I have any titles at the table, honestly. I'm the resident quote white girl music expert. This I've said that <laughs> only oh, oh, I'm aware. six times. I'm on a this very, radio show. very aware. I've been, I've taken okay. Listen, I this is not a personal attack because I have wanted to describe things as white girl music that have been on the show for so long. But one day you said to me, you police white girls harder than you police any other ethnicity and gender. Check and I said, comments. yes. And I recognize that as a problem, and now I'm trying to fix it, Jake. But we can't deny that exclusively that first Eden album tends to really appeal towards a demographic. I, I totally disagree. Coming, I, I coming, literally don't know where you're from coming where from. Coming from where aside your gut. Because, like, I don't see analytics. So you met, you met a white girl somewhere that liked the EP. Therefore, yes. it's white girl music. Two. Oh my gosh, two of them? But I don't meet a lot of people, well, Jake. <laughs> two white well, girls are a monolith. <laughs> <laughs> you met two white girls that liked end credits. Honestly, if I met two people that said that they liked anything, I would view it as a social force at this point. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I don't know where your analytics come from, but, you know, you, whatever, bro, like... It's good stuff in my opinion, but... All right, we got to hear a little bit about what Damon thought. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty neutral on this as well. Uh, I don't know. I listened, I listened to it while I was uh, slaving away for uh, Jeff Bezos. And so, I don't know. I wasn't super stoked at the time. And I think for some reason, listening to sad music when you're sad... I wasn't necessarily sad, but I wasn't stoked by any means about anything at all. And so it was kind of just like... It didn't like feed exactly what I wanted it to feed working at the factory, but it was nice. Like it was a nice little 26 minute long album to listen to a couple times doing that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. No, I think that yeah. that, you know, that fits the frame. Yep. You know? I thought I thought it was a pretty good setting for it, not going to lie. Yeah. And I do agree with you, Aaron, that the first track is actually my favorite. I don't I personally don't mind violence with rap. Dude, no, Heavens is the best track. Actually, if every track was just like seven-minute multi-parts like Heavens, I could probably get over the British rapping thing. Mm. That track is so good. I love that we we finally, we finally, this is a landmark episode because <laughs> there it is. what Stop. we have finally done, we have gotten <laughs> Logan to just admit that he just has a really base opinion on something. There's no high-minded... You know, like, from his throne, judging humanity, he just simply thinks British rap sounds goofy. That's, yeah. that's where we arrived. That's about I, and I think you know, that in that, this world, that is, we have nothing but our base opinions. That, okay? is, that is Oz, the great and powerful, behind the curtain oh right God. there. That's I what actually, that is. I actually agree with Logan, though. I, like, there were a couple times where I kind of scoffed at his little talking <laughs> i think i think i think where that comes from at least from an american's perspective perhaps is you know the queen's english it's like very proper yeah you, typically you hear that accent you're like you know whether it's true or not like the connotation the the immediate gut feeling is like oh wow 
I am in the presence of royalty. I got to be proper. Well, and they're they're participating in hip hop, which is just yeah. Disgusting. I just feel like you know hip hop is such a you know like its origin anyway. It's just something that is so not British in almost every way. Yeah, or at least like so not you know uh, British royalty in yeah. any way. And so. I I think it also like depends on where you're at because there's some really good German rap, and I think it's because they can like inflect this anger because their accent sounds so angry. Yeah, that it just works. Whereas like I like grime. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to sit there and listen to it all day. Are you not? You made a playlist. <laughs> I made two. As the resident expert, I think you should stand grime a little harder. Yeah, I mean, you. I guess represent. I'll have to. I'm going to start. I'm going to make a whole grime subreddit. My own. <laughs> Your own grime. Cody's I mean, it's already a community that I belong to, but I'm going to make my. Not own. to be confused with a grime subreddit. Yeah, yeah this okay. is grime 2.0. Damon Albarn right now is getting involved in the grime scene. That's what he's doing. What? He is. I'm not happy. sure how I feel about that. Yeah. I'm not sure having a slow tie feature means that you're in. The it's grime more than just scene. him, though. No, it, the it, last the, several features have all been British rappers. Really? The, like, not the last one, but the one before it was very grime. Mm. The one yeah. before Pac-Man, I forgot its name. Yeah, uh, I forgot it as well. Are we getting an album out of Song Machine? Uh, they're gonna release is, a, th- a comic book or and is the it just CD songles? No, I think they're gonna they're gonna formalize it at some point. I really enjoy that project, okay. but that's besides. Because I, I man, nothing frustrates me about an artist quite like just being in single heck, where it's yeah. just like endless. That's exactly what the CEO of Spotify wants us to live. Do we want to talk about that at some point? We yes. haven't talked about it. Yes, yet. we do. But Jake, well, first let's confirm the producer. I didn't listen. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> we still love him. Uh, uh, do you have any final remarks for the album? Um, I'm very disappointed in all of you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just going to leave it a mystery, probably. Um, uh, let's see. I did have something I was going to say. Now I just went blank. I, I don't know. Like, I think... Uh, mm, like what made you may, maybe what, what made you want to share this album? Maybe would have had to been there type vibe on this one. Maybe yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Maybe so. Can but I ask what is there? SoundCloud. Okay, that's there. And specifically, I mean, there was a few branches of the early SoundCloud days. You were there. I but, was there. Yeah, but but you were too cool for white girls. But um, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> But whoa, l- l- whoa, just- whoa! I liked early Crywolf. Okay, I am uh, parlayed. I was gonna bring that up. Like Crywolf lives in that world, and I, you sang his. Praises. I like both uh, the new Crywolf Oblivion and No Future, and I liked Floods, which was a Crywolf side project. That's like one of my mm-hmm. favorite uh, electro pop albums ever. Yeah, that stuff absolutely is not very approachable for most people. Like it's very you don't dark. Think so? It's way darker, infinitely darker. Okay, that's fair. Way, 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 way darker. And and that's why I loved it. Though. Like, I love listening it, though. to Eden's production on this album. Like it just brings me back because, like, you hear a Machine Girl and Machine Girl's like he's talented, but he doesn't have like that finesse that like an Eden or a Crywolf does, and so. That's why I wanted to lead with, like, the production on this thing is some of the best I've literally ever heard. And 
Yeah, I agree. It's kind of, it's kind of partially a you had to be there. Yeah. And I guess I think that's what frustrates me about those Eden singles that everybody likes is because I feel like they took something from my world and just made it another pop thing. Mm, I again I disagree, but I get where you're coming from. Okay. And, and uh, um I do remember what I was going to say. I was going to say I picked this one because I knew it was going to be a spicy conversation. <laughs> I I knew it. I knew. Oh, okay. I knew that pretty much it was going to be very divisive, and uh, I I just decided it'll be a good conversation anyway. But yeah, I will at least say that I do really love this album. I, I was there at the time though, so I really loved the songs back in the day. But yeah, it was it was fun. I definitely think it's worth a listen. Go yeah. give it a spin. I mean, you're, what, you're going to waste less than half an hour of your day if you don't like it? You know what? It's listed as an EP, though. I didn't That's trust what gets teachers. me. Well, it's it's got like, like seven project. songs on it. I didn't trust politicians. It says album on Spotify. Really? I checked. I didn't trust yeah. people on the evening news. The funniest thing about this album to me is the latest artist for ATO. Like, the first four artists all have all caps, four-letter names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I love that... When it says featuring Eden, that song is in all caps. It's like, oh. Yeah, somebody screwed <laughs> up the metadata f- when they were putting it in. Gotta fit the aesthetic. Oh, God, there was one thing. Anytime he said, and I'm back with Eden. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that, that line is kind of bad. I agree. <laughs> okay. All right. I, okay. Yeah. Chasing a bag. Little ground. This week, featuring Logan. I got some news for y'all. This is actually from my formal music training. So... When I was studying sound at Weber State, very elite class here. To hey, <laughs> hey, Weston may be listening. Sorry, uh, I love I love the sound education, but it's new and it's getting its feet off the ground. And so, as a result, a lot of the times, my professors would call in their musician friends to come in and give us little secrets for the industry, right? So this one is coming straight from a man who makes a living doing music. And you want to know what his advice is? You know those reality TV shows you hate? Get a song placed on there. Reality TV shows are incredibly notorious for recycling songs over and over and over again. And anytime they play one of your songs, they'll have to pay you a royalty, so now, this one guy that I met, ah, it wasn't Jersey Shore, but it was one of the, it was like a Real Housewives or something, and I was like, dude. <laughs> you, <laughs> but he's like, deep But roots. he's like, I made money for a whole year. Like, I just got to work on passion projects that whole time. And so I was thinking about what Damon was saying, where like, you reach a certain level of mass, <laughs> not what Lady Gaga did. <laughs> you reach a certain level of mass, and then you sell out so you can make as much money as you can so you can fund your next project. But I was thinking, how do we apply this to the little guy? You know, how does the little guy that doesn't look like Lady Gaga or Carly Rae Jepsen uh, and can't afford to make an album like Emotion, how does he put food on the table throughout the year? And the answer is sell an emotional guitar ballad to Real Housewives. All right. That, that is a, a proposition. Well, and I, I think it's underrated, too. I don't know how I'm going to personally pull this one off. You know, I'm speaking, I'm now taking on, you know, the character of one of our listeners. Yeah. And I desperately want to make it in the music industry, but I'm concerned about how I'm going to get in contact 
with with a TV producer. Yeah, let me just dial up the Real Housewives agent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, let- there's the there's the Provo uh, Bachelor. Provo Bachelor, yeah. yeah. Provo Bachelor, and then they're also making a Real Housewives of Salt Lake. So that's only two examples. But I'm just saying the reality show TV scene might be coming to Utah relatively soon. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and let me ask you, you know, I'm no Cody over here who's good at networking outside his circle. But let me ask you legitimately, which is harder, building a following of people who actually care about you and your narrative or Facebooking a studio executive executive that knows a friend of a friend. Mm, That's what I'm saying is then, and listen, you need to sell out a little bit. You need to make a song that's worthy of say something I'm giving up on you or uh, marry me by train. You know, you got it. You got to kind of pander to that a little bit. But when you do, prepare to rake in the bucks of those sweet, sweet people that just sit at home all day and watch reality TV and consume advertisements. Because honestly, I can't think of anything better to do but make a dollar off of them. Mm. Mm. Valid. I, I still have my concerns about, you know, that that point of contact. That is that is an essential conversation. Well, I am definitely not the guy to ask about social networking. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to give you the the grand moves. You know, the little micro details can be handled by, you know, the social media course that you saw an advertisement for on YouTube and decided that would actually help you for some godforsaken reason. I gotcha. You know, that's that's their job to teach you how to do. I'm here to show you that the the light at the end of the tunnel of being a musician who's able to feed himself, which, by the way, is rare and getting rarer, is not at the end of a top 40 single. It's at a placement on The bra- on the Bachelor. Well, and I think it shouldn't even apply to just reality shows. I mean, like, Hallmark movies are in Utah all the time. <laughs> and yeah. there. I'm in one in Caseville, like, last week. Yeah, like, there are, there are low-tier productions that'll pay money for music a lot i feel like you don't go for desperate housewives only because there's only like a there's a very finite amount of those shows but like if you're just making it more general like even student films you know they're not gonna pay nearly as much but i don't know it'll still get the word out there now wait a second here damon it almost sounds like you're suggesting working on something that would actually be emotionally important and matter like a student's passion project. And I'm not advising that. I'm uh, saying specifically target the lowest <laughs> tier of television right. so, and milk the heck out of that cow. Okay, yeah, I, right. I mean, if you want to, I would really encourage working on soundtracks because that sounds super fun. All right, no, that makes more sense. Like, So you're saying target housewives because you hate them and you want their no, dollars. Right. And no, because they have money And you can yeah. milk it out of them. It, it so but nobody cares about the actual audio track yeah, yeah so you're like you're, it, you're cheap it but it helps multiple categories it's taking their money all right <laughs> which they don't no, need number one <laughs> it's getting their money away from them desperate housewives they don't need it they need to be gone but if they're helping musicians in the meantime that's great <laughs> number two it's paying starving artists all right and then three you know you'll have the money to focus on things like like what I talked about last week. You know, you pull out some crap song, but someone out there who's not as into music as you are is going to think it's real neat. And then you can start focusing on stuff you actually care about. So one might say, while you're kickstarting your career, we're also draining the swamp. Yes. 
and, and just think about it this way. Bachelorette. <laughs> if you if you have so much trouble with sacrificing your artistic integrity, just think about this: every three minute song that gets placed on a reality show is another year you can spend working on your fifteen track fantasy concept album for ten listeners on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, it's about dragons. It's about dragons for sure. There's no question that there was some reality to that. Are affecting unsupervised some dark reality. The hip hop industry makes. I just I want to bring a bright take. I, you know, like I think this. that is ah, how yeah. it. I think that is how it ends up working, though. That is that is an entrance, a, a portal of entry. Well, and I would never give you advice that doesn't work. That's why we we appreciate you, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here with music news. Jake's on it this week. First item of business. Isn't music, but I have to say it. R.I.P. Pizza Hut. Love you. Wait, what? Yeah, you heard it. Yeah. I mean, is I haven't it? been there in years, and I don't like the pizza that much, but that's like a cultural institution. Is yeah. it going bankrupt <laughs> like J. Crew went bankrupt, where like my brother woke me up, and he showed, because I love J. Crew. He like wakes me up shaking. He's like, Logan, J. Crew's going out of business. And I, I sat there crying and listening to Marvin's room. <laughs> or, and then they just bounce back and their site's still doing fine. Or is like Pizza Hut actually gone, it, gone? I just saw that 300 Pizza Huts are slated to close. So I don't know if it's all done. There's got to be more than 300 yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah but like I mean. Three in Layton. But I mean, 300's pretty bad. Yeah. Shouting. But anyway, totally not the point. Just had to say it. Um, It'll be like. Getting a Pizza Hut pizza will be like getting a shiny in Pokemon. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Weston's going to go to every exact Pizza Hut. Thing, we're, we're really, we're really uh, milking the Weston audience. <laughs> so let me... Um, let me yeah, we're all inclusive. <laughs> let me just flip through some of these very important notes that I took down. Okay, from recent music news. I admire your preparation. Such as... James Blunt got scurvy after eating only meat for two months to annoy that his vegan rules. classmates. <laughs> like, that's the same thing as that idiot Jordan Peterson from Canada whose, like, daughter got on a meat-only diet and he's, like, oh, currently no. dying because it's all he eats. The dude sucks. Oh, so, like, yeah. who cares? But, like, he's, like, in a <laughs> hospital so in, like, hard to Europe. Keep politics out of this <laughs> I'm, I'm not bringing up political anything. I'm just saying Jordan Peterson sucks. So, and it's funny I agree. that this is what's happening to him because he has stupid opinions. <laughs> All right, let's or um even but Arby- same idea. His thing was literally the same idea as like it was to annoy vegans. So that's where well, I and Arby's tried doing the same thing by introducing a meat carrot, yeah. like a carrot completely out of meat, and then everybody was like, "That looks disgusting. No one's going to order that. Who cares about your social commentary? Get that garbage out of our faces." I don't know. And meat it carrot, never launched. You know? Would you eat a meat carrot? Yeah. Would you I'd- order? I'll take the meat carrot, please. And yeah. then you go sit down with your tray. Yeah, I definitely would. And Arby's around a bunch of hunters or whatever ordering venison because the one in Kaysville has venison. What? And they, yeah, and then they That's, look over. Oh, no. And then it's just like, what's that disgusting orange and green schlub you're eating? I, <laughs> hold I, up, hold up. As long oh, as you're man. not saying more than once, the answer is still yes. <laughs> no. More than once, no. no. Not even once. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Logan on this one, full sin. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm with Damon on this one. Welcome to it's Now like, That's What I Call Food. Report of the Week. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, Shout review, out to bro. Report of the Week, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should get him on the show. Friend oh, of the yeah. Pond Review, bro. <laughs> I figured that that was risky, but uh, Sorry, who was the artist that had that happen to him, though? James, James Blunt. Blunt. Producer's personal <laughs> favorite he? in circa 2013. Yeah. You know, we, what is this song? Give me some context. I've heard the name, but I can't think of anything. I uh, 
literally uh, can't think of a you're single beautiful James. oh yeah oh, that guy yes mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. that song like 15 years ago ish it's probably, old probably 10 years why did like, he still know you are pop? so beautiful tonight that one no, no. it's him like <laughs> it's <laughs> you're beautiful that one <laughs> i, I, I thought know. about doing it oh i, I like, don't know that <laughs> you're beautiful <laughs> that one? i don't know that yeah. song titled <laughs> you're cleverly titled you're beautiful <laughs> don't, <laughs> you don't need to learn <laughs> It's true. That guy is riding on the coattails true. of relevance from 2005. Yep. I still That's think about your addiction. In order to stay relevant, he had to get scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> scurvy in 2020. You know how hard you have to try to get scurvy in 2020? Working on it. Um, Paul McCartney still uses the guitar amp he bought when he was 14. This is, wow! I thought that that was totally relevant and important, right? Because this yeah. is this is the type of news they're giving us right now. Because you know, COVID. COVID yeah. You know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? Here's the deal, though. This is this is a thing because there's this idea that music technology has really sounded any better in the past seventy years. That also needs to die. I can't get that mad about this. But, like, the best microphones have already been made. You are now buying worse microphones that than have ever been made. Same is true of amps. Same is true of pretty much everything analog. You are getting worse versions of it, and you have been for the past 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's really cool. So you're saying they don't, <laughs> they don't make it? They don't make it like they used to. Is are you make? Is no, but that, it's is this literally a true. Yeah, no, boomerization. There are, boomerization yeah, this is, is there are back literal, in his day. There are literal made them parts like they used that they can't manufacture anymore. And so it's just what it basic what basically happened is all the rich studios and rich labels got together the best gear from the 50s and have just been hoarding it from everybody else. So good luck finding a quality mic on Reverb for $20,000. Yeah, I mean, Aaron found that thing at a thrift store back there. So yeah. 25 bucks. I don't know just what point you're trying to make. Do you know the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm like a you can find them is what I'm saying, you know? No, no, they no. Exist. But, like, the, the actual good stuff is all hoarded this right now. This is good stuff. Yeah, that, no, that's what I'm saying. That is an actual no, good no, no, thing. Uh, there are good things out there, but the best stuff you will never own. All right. <laughs> and it's not because it was cost prohibitive when it came out. It's because it can't be made anymore, and they are literally being hoarded by the How music executives. How can it not be made? Like, the literal... Like We're talking material like extinction? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What there resources are, there are, are none of the original vacuum tubes that made the U forty seven left. But what's prohibiting somebody from recreating a vacuum Literally, tube? Literally supply and demand. It's like the it's, it's the right. same reason that So we monetarily you know, there's consider, no reason for them to make Looney it. Again. Tunes, you know, like incredible animation yeah. and passion, music. It's like, whoa, one cartoon is incredible. The cost to make that now would be so high. HBO Max yeah, actually so has new Looney Tunes episodes. Yeah, and I yeah. think that they, they they actually are pretty good. I've watched they're, some. They're, they're good, yeah. but they're not. But like I'm saying, <laughs> it's the same concept where like but, the yeah. cost is just. Biased. So in a business standpoint, there's no reason for them to make exactly. Well, and no, and there are other things again. too, like patents. Uh, so they literally don't have the technology 
And so what you get now, and the way that you get really nice mics now is you custom order them from like one guy who makes them in Germany. Mm. There are multiple of these guys, but they're just hobbyists who the next, break a bag. Next, next week on Chasing a Bag. <laughs> they <laughs> all live in Germany, but there I are mean, multiple Well, of they're them. all spiritually <laughs> the, German. The microphone colony in Germany. <laughs> Yo, okay. The fabled <laughs> microphone colony. I, all of this was appetizers. Okay, th- those were stuff. all of those were appetizers. <laughs> Bring me the entree. No, I just right. I've had this gear rant for a Are while. Are you ready for I'm sorry. this is the real meat of what I brought today. Right. The um, vegetarian replacement for game. <laughs> everything I brought was literally the crappiest headlines I could find. Okay, but this one is fulfillment of my prophecy. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. Oh, well, are you going like is this the end? Are you done after today? Is that Uh no, but <laughs> Maybe oh, I should be coming on the show. Six nine landed in L.A. and stepped off his jet with armfuls of cash, <laughs> and went on a tour to like all the dangerous hot spots that he shouldn't be in, and he just went and hung out. <laughs> y- y- ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this was... is literally exactly what I said would happen when he gets out. Just so you know. If that story had ended with Takashi got shot, you would have been the first time I'd heard that today. (laughs) As someone that is divorced from the internet, you could have broken my heart right now, and I would have trusted you. (laughs) But let let it be written, the story's not over. That dude is yeah. playing games. He's, he's going to push it he's, until the point where he gets killed, you know? Yeah, he's like, playing games. Like somebody's got to like call Literally, I, I know we can't that do... New, that new song is pretty good, though. We unfortunately can't show it for the camera. Uh, but like, nani, 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 nani. Dude, that song plays on Roblox, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> My little siblings were playing... Roblox games and then Takashi Six Nine goes on. I'm like, man, you know. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> okay, oh, that's brother. literally him stepping off the jet in LA with Wait, literal cash under his arm. Bring that over here a little bit. Oh no, <laughs> I hate everything about that. <laughs> so yeah. I hate him. So, anyways, ooh, sincerely, you Hatred. can you can go find it on the show when we were talking about him getting locked up. I said once he's out, he's gonna go back to it. He's tasted it. He's, he can't. He's like a fly, or he's like a mosquito to the little bug zapper thingies. They get killed, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the story's not over. Yeah, uh, yeah the story's no, not over. I, God I, He's going to keep co- poking the bear until he literally gets shot like multiple times. <laughs> I, like, and I'm gonna uh, make that's, it. that's my prediction. He's going to poke the bear so hard, he is literally going to be like blasted apart. Closed casket funeral for six nine because oh, he's literally Lord. in pieces. Well, he I, just made a prophecy. We'll Takashi, Takashi if you're listening right now, here's the deal: it's not too late to fake your own death, <laughs> shave your head, pay for tattoo removals, and just be an average Puerto Rican guy living in L.A. Yep. yep. Nobody will give you a second look. I promise. <laughs> it's not too late. Just living in L.A. Honestly, he should go to. He should go to like Wait, Canada. What were you about to say, Cody? I was going to say, when XXXTentacion died, I made a really just, you know, off-the-wall tweet about how it was awesome. And if Takashi gets got, I will do it again. And a lot of people will, again, be mad at me. And I will embrace it. You're winning the speed run for death threats after that. Cody, I yeah. do. It's fine. Send him my way. You can find me on the bird site. Cody, you're <laughs> scaring me a little bit. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I do not believe... I do not appreciate what Takashi does but oh no I just think it would be poetic justice he is I mean 
he is poking the bear, and there's consequences. That's, that's, what, that's all yeah. I'm saying. That's, that's all Triple I'm X saying. Did the same thing. What does he, he expect? Bear and he like, what does he really think? So. Yeah. Now, that said, though, I would never gloat in somebody's death, even no. if they're an absolute no, 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 no. I would. Depends. Morrissey. Actually, Morrissey? Music. Yes. JPEG Mafia has a song called yeah. I Cannot Wait Until Morrissey Dies. Oh, really? Yeah, JPEG Mafia is cool. Check out that track. is cool. Good album. No, I don't wish death upon anyone. But I will say, you don't get to choose the consequences to those kinds of Oh, yeah, calls. no, yeah. I would like to, I, even though Dude, I did no, just say okay, it, I'm not wait. wishing upon anyone, I just think it's poetic justice. Well, I just feel wait, is, wait a is. friggin' second here, Cody. He was buying a motorcycle and just walked out of the store and got shot. That's poetic justice? I'm not going to bring up all the things that Triple X did in his life because this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> okay. But he did some pretty awful stuff to women in his life specifically, and when he got got, I was like, oh, well, is what it is. That's, mm. okay, that's fair. I'm saying that with Daniel Hernandez, a.k.a. Takashi, it would he be poetic justice things. because he is literally poking the, well, oh, he is literally poking the bear. <laughs> well, <on that> one. <laughs> I actually, well, no, I think Takashi was framed for all of that stuff, but that's neither here nor Okay, all right, here we go. Look, <laughs> music philosophy actually. Let's this, keep talking about this death this stuff. Fit, <laughs> no, this is a dark I, I think, episode. This is a, this is a gear I shift, gear shift, boys. Some of, some of what you're talking, though, kind of fits in, in a way to what I intend to bring here today because so a couple days back i was just sitting there thinking Mm -hmm. and listening to a ricky gervais interview and (laughs) it got me thinking (laughs) and and i did i i came to a realization i was like "Ah, i'm gonna bring that to music philosophy so what it ends up being is and and again it comes from in indirectly he didn't explicitly say this and Ricky Gervais is very cynical and does sit on his high horse, but he can be funny. Um, he was he was kind of just talking about the fact that he lives in a pretty um, high and mighty socioeconomic situation at the moment, but he considers himself to just be literally the way he said it is. He's he's a lad, you know. He's a, he's an English lad. And no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I could not go to the pub with Ricky Gervais. There's a definitely a vibe to that. So, um, <laughs> and I do think he fits it. And so he was talking about this idea of he's like I'm the court jester, and I have to. He's like I'm I'm right in the king's kingdom. He's like, but I can't be. I can't like poke the king too hard, or he'll kill me. So I have to be, you know, I'm playing this role of the court jester. Anyway, it got me thinking about kind of roles and like actually what some of these uh, positions in entertainment represent in the modern world. And I was thinking about like rock stars, you know, these entertainers that just basically have made these massive empires out of nowhere. And the thought that kind of hit me is I'm like, you know what? I think rock stars pop stars i guess is a a more relevant term in the 2020s here but i think pop stars are essentially modern gold diggers they're trying to get money for nothing and they'll go to great lengths to to pull that off so i guess i'm just curious what you guys think do you think that that fits do you think pop stars are basically what gold diggers were retrospectively you, you mean like literal gold rush? Literal gold rush. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You said gold digger. Not, not like, like uh, not like, not like <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> like, no, yeah, not like trophy wife gold digger. No, those cultural gold digger. Those uh, Facebook videos of 
some girl that sees a nice car. I'm like, this is so staged. So <laughs> no, no, that's oh dude, my what do you gosh, mean? those are real, dude. Those are <laughs> those are the worst. That's literally. Oh, Mr. Beast, delete your channel. I'm done. So we're talking I agree. about people that like they find the vein of gold, yeah, and they just mine it out. Yeah, they well, like they, they, they found their knowing niche, that, knowing and that, they roll but they with it. they chase it like they give up a normal life to go and chain chase a vein of gold that may or may not exist, and I think that is exactly what pop stars are. I think I agree with you. I, so like, I think I in that same sense, just like the you know gold rush gold diggers almost all of them were unsuccessful except the people that like supplied them along the way aka the producers mm. and then the maybe not even one percent of people who actually made money off of gold are the freddie mercury's and the other pop stars we must respect for the rest of our lives. i think i think i don't know i just that thought hit me and i was like isn't that interesting because you know culturally speaking i think a lot of us kind of look at people who struck gold and we're like oh you know like beverly hillbillies like you know there are these people that are really not deserving we do not celebrate them but isn't it i i think it's ironic that a lot of us literally idolize gold diggers i think that's what's happening well, that's that's what they call survivorship bias this idea that because i made it anybody can and i think that's what their primary role is like on one hand it's music and music is emotionally gratifying to most people so that's kind of broadly the role that they serve in the arts but if you're talking about like in terms of being role models in terms of being idols i think it's just they give them a platform because anybody that's ever made it has insane survivorship bias. Like, you just got to keep working at it like I did, ignoring the guy who has to feed his family by getting songs placed on Desperate Housewives. <laughs> also, respect to that guy. You know what? He has a hustle, and he was cool when I met him. So. Uh, but, like, these companies Gold give them digger. a platform because they'll spread their survivorship bias-influenced opinion. And because what I've been really looking into lately is this idea that you need to show off somebody as someone who's made it. In order to make anything attractive, you have to show what's at the end of it. So, like, in real estate, what happens is the more successful you are in real estate, you have to have a nicer car the higher you go up. Because you're not. it's not just your own success. It's you being a beacon of success to other people and for you to be something that they... Uh, idolize lust after want to be and i think that's what happens with these pop stars and all these record deals is that it's half because oh it's free advertising and all that and also because i think there are a lot of people who are making money directly off having other people believe that they can make I, it <clears throat> i actually agree with that completely because you go to any like comic convention and go to a panel of like some celebrity like i went to chris evans panel whenever he came to salt lake forever ago and somebody asked him, it's like, like, do you have any advice for the up and coming actors out there? He's like, yeah, just keep working at it. <laughs> it, was like, it wasn't that, but it was like the weakest, just like, I could have like, I could have gone into the search bar on YouTube and just said motivational speech and gotten those exact same words, just not from Chris Evans. And he wasn't even the only one, like multiple people at not only like Comic-Con panels, but also just random events where some successful person is there, they just say like, oh yeah, just 
you know, don't let your dreams be dreams and keep working at it, etc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just it's just the weakest it's the weakest advice, but it's still enough for people to just be like, "Wow, he really means that." It's like I'm going to keep working at it and then, you know, 40 years later, the peak of their career is a desperate housewives. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like, respect to this guy. <laughs> respect to that but, guy, but, but like No, it's it's yeah. viciously preying off the American dream. Oh, because yeah. people conflate these two ideas and contrapoint. I mean, if we're going down that road, there there are so many things that prey off of the American well, dream. Well, dude. true. But I'm talking about the core idea, and this applies in the music industry, but generally too, is that in America, we believe that anybody can make it, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that everybody can make it. Yeah, no, I you, agree. You could be a random girl from Kansas that's now Taylor well, Swift. Especially, but not, like, especially yeah. now, it's like, there's like me, what I consider myself as a like avid music listener, I don't care who comes out new every, like what new artist comes out every day. I don't care at all. I'm only going to listen to MF Doom and Misfits and all the people that i like like i don't care that they exist they're just not my thing you know like there are so many new artists coming out but how many people are really avidly trying to just look for new artists and support them that are like brand new to the scene like there's a finite amount of music listeners and most of them if not not all but 99 percent of them know who they like they're going to be loyalists to those artists till they die and from the boomer generation, we know that's true. <laughs> Dude, I was working... Case in point, Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, People no, still uh, think that's I, an important okay. album. You know, my least favorite song ever is Danger Zone. That stupid the Top 80s... Gun song? Uh, yeah, yeah, that just over-the-top 80s, just rock garbage. There was a guy, 4 a.m., Amazon Warehouse, <laughs> boomer with a pill speaker, just playing 80s hits... And that one played twice. I'm like, you're literally probably 60 years old, and you are still listening to the same top 40 songs from when you were a kid. Like, you're that much of a loyalist to keep playing those same songs. And I think that, obviously, he's probably not the biggest music nerd out there, but he, I think, is the face of just the majority of people who consume music, is they don't care who's new. They don't care that... Forty or no, fifty thousand tracks are uploaded onto Spotify every day. Forty thousand of which are hip hop tracks. They're not going to listen to a single one of them. They're going to listen to Danger Zone every to day every until they die. The I'm serious, dude. And I think that is, I think that is the music world. I think people don't care about new stuff. Danger Zone is where it's at till the day they die. I like that you Danger Zone on that song. Danger Zone is going to be playing at their funeral. All right, <laughs> that's actually pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. But I'm just saying, like, they don't care about new stuff. The just field of music consumers. Yeah. They don't care, including me. I, I agree. I think that that's what the average music listener does. But I, don't, it, I, don't, I, I think it's because the average music listener literally just turns it on. They yeah. Don't, they don't care that much. I mean, there are occasional times where I'm like, man, I want to listen to something new, but I always listen to something new to me that is old. Like, I always listen to, like, there are a couple artists that, you know, fit all the, you know, key elements that appeal to me that I know are just like dawning on the horizon, like talking heads. I haven't got into them yet, but I know I would love them. Like they are on the horizon. I'm like, I'll get to them someday. And (laughs) earlier this year, Bjork and MF Doom were both there. It's like, I'll get to them someday. And now I am listening to them a lot, but yeah. 
That's how I felt about uh, Sonic Youth. But then I got to Sonic Youth and I was like, oh, this album sucks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Are you talking about Daydream Nation? Okay, of course hey. I am. That record's every, fantastic. Every band I've ever liked is like, oh man, Daydream Nation. You got to go listen to Daydream Nation. Okay, okay. Lo- I saw Sonic Youth on one of the last tours they ever did and Logan Smoke and Crack. They are <laughs> fantastic live and as relevant now as they were then in an influential sense. Maybe nobody's playing, you know, a song that sounds like Teenage Riot. But if you asked anybody that like, even in like the Radiohead realm, an influence from the '80s. I swear to God, Sonic Youth is gonna come up ten times out of ten. Ten. He's yeah. <laughs> ten times out of ten. ten. Times. Have another sip of Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, this has know. been a show. I'm feeling. I'm feeling uh, though. My little gold digger thing. I think it's a real thing, and I think you got to think twice yeah. about what you're truly celebrating in a person, because I guess what. Before we get to Bob's of the Week, I just do want to wrap that up, go full circle. I think what's being said, at least that I'm hearing, is it's like, what is standing in front of you, you know, what what it truly is it that you, you're seeking to celebrate about that individual? And oftentimes, if you really listen to what they're saying, you find that they're not really offering you much. And mm. a lot of these people, I do think, I'm not saying they're bad people, I'm just saying that... I think a lot of them struck gold and it's the exact same mentality. Everybody wanting to be in only a select few able to have it. And like you say, ultimately the whole thing just being owned by a very well, I, small I seriously think people. that is like the perfect analogy because hypothetically, let's say everybody who was a part of the gold rush made like found just a chunk of gold, right? They take it back. If everybody has a chunk of gold, then it's then worthless. Same thing for the music industry. If all of them are, you know, live this lifestyle, then no one cares. Like, just like I was saying, like, if everybody is Freddie Mercury, no one gives a crap, you know, because then it's just a commodity and it's not worth anything more than anything else is, you know? Yeah. No, it just, it's interesting. Like him just talking about the court gesture. It just, I'm like, wow, you know, I live in a different world, but I know these archetypes and who are the individuals around me? You know, like where do they fit in like some of these historical, you know, analogies that you can draw? It's, it's, I think an intriguing concept. And I think it's interesting to think about like the concept of social consequence. Like, I mean, things go wrong when you're a gold miner in the 1850s, you die modern day. Like in this context, you can lose your career. Takashi. I, not even Takashi. Don't I'm not even getting into that. Don't, I, bring us, I'm don't bring death back into this. I'm not. I'm thinking of the Dixie chicks. Oh, you mean the chicks? Oh, yeah. yeah they're called the chicks now. But when they were the Dixie chicks in like 2002 and they're like, nah, we're against the Iraq war. Like the social consequence of like having that opinion that didn't fit like the predominant narrative. They didn't have like any sort of a career until like Well, with a name year. like Dixie chicks. This being is the early 2000s though. Viet- you can get away with that. Not- and they also switched up their name because they're actually good. No, people. I'm just saying like Iraq war. You know, protest and oh, yeah. uh, no, name like Dixie like, Chicks. I they are feel a like those country are <laughs> perpendicular to each other. That's like the whole country, point of the yeah. Taylor Swift documentary, by the way. I didn't they're know like a country a group, exists. though, and that was like their thing. Is like that was their standpoint. Like we don't support the Iraq War, and they lost their career for 15 years. And even now, like they're not going to ever sell out a stadium again. Same thing happened to Viggo Mortensen, but since Green Book, he's back on his feet. So. Mm. Shout out to Vigo Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, speaking of which, I have an announcement to make. Oh, man. Now that folklore is good, and I've ruled that it is good. 
What? Now that it's good. It's been out for like three weeks. Yeah. Logan listened to it now, yesterday. It's now decided, decided it's, good. it's good. Thank you. Now now that the critical world is settled on this, I feel comfortable <laughs> admitting this in that Taylor Swift has been my music industry celebrity crush for probably the better part of 10 years now. And that didn't change even while I pretended to hate her. Oh, thank you. That, what right. else are you? What is the hiding? deal with this episode? Like we're There's getting a lot happening. We're getting here. a real peer into like Logan's character development. You got to save this for the full season, you know. Dude, I like, watched Miss Americana and like my heart just melted. I'm like, "Oh, Taylor, you try so hard. You're the best." We should isolate that line and just audio clip. Taylor, yeah. you're the best. <laughs> the Nitwick soundboard, and that's one of the items that's on there. All right, Jake. Bop of the week. Okay. Bop of the week. I'm going to go with See You Later by William Bonney. Um, William Bonney's album All Ten is absolutely fantastic. I've been listening to that album all week. He's got this cool thing going where he plays off the rhythm of the guitars and the drums and his vocal, like he puts emphasis in certain areas that are like opposite what the drums and it's just really, really cool stuff. If you, um, he has a fantastic scream, like he's actually a screamer that I legitimately like. And, um, turns out he started out doing Midwest emo surprise, surprise. So his first album or EP thingy, is just like straight up Midwest emo, but then his his new album All Ten is way harder. It's got a way harder edge to it, and it's great. So, it's see you later. Pure screamo, like yeah. When people talk about screamo, like that William Bonnie album All Ten is the album. I'm like, this is actual screamo, mm-hmm. screaming plus emo. Haha, it's actually a pun. It's not just the vocal <laughs> style that you Whoa. apply to things that you're too close minded to. I'm learning things today. Does it sound like page ninety nine? Yeah, kind of. All right, I'll listen to this then. New blood vessels once again in my brain, finding... <laughs> Screaming and, emo. And the other great part about All 10 is that it's technically a bootleg uh, because it was just compilations of the only 10 songs that they ever, I think, regularly performed put together by the drummer a few years after they broke up. Wow. So that's what I like about it, too, is that it's... I didn't know that. It's not just like an album album. It's like a retrospective. And apparently they were really influential in their scene. Um, and our, I forget. It's not. It's somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. But they were man. basically credited with bringing Screamo to that region. Man, I mean, it's a killer album, honestly. There are some fantastic songs on there. The song Drug Lord is really good. <laughs> I'm and a then, big fan of uh, Rapture and Monsters. Yeah, oh, Monsters is so good. Yeah. But yeah, I chose See You Later just because See You Later is a great showcase of like their rhythmic work and it's just really cool. So yeah, I, I've been listening to that album like nonstop this week. It's really good. What's the producer got for us? Um, so for me... <laughs> for the record, that was not me. <laughs> Nobody oh, touched hey. that. No, I haven't moved my foot. Dude, no. Literally, the sample thing didn't change. I think somebody might have just hacked the Nitwit computer. <laughs> We somebody's logged on log me in. 
<laughs> They've got the glasses on and like a trench coat. They look like they're in the Matrix. Hello, I'm the from Microsoft. <laughs> oh, man. This episode has been so racial, so sexist. Oh, no, no, no. That was, there was no... Oh, okay, this there was sexism. This episode is getting yeah, taken yeah, yeah. down. All we yeah. need is one comment from one group that we offended, and this will be I've another lost episode. Today. We gotta stop the racism towards British <laughs> rappers, all right? Yeah. We've gone too far. All right, all right. The producer must speak. <laughs> um, so the song Risk by FKJ was just remixed by, I don't even know how to say the name, but it's Gala Matis or something. And yeah, it's really cool. It's like he, he turned the song into like, it's already electronic, but he added more electronics. And then it kind of goes into like, he brings in like a symphony that kind of does a drop a little bit, but it sounds like a Disney movie song. It's really cool. Careful talking about symphonies at this table. Symphony, Disney. As long as there's no British rappers on it, it's fine. <laughs> you make one comment. All right. Oh, it's more than one comment, dog. It's the whole episode. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this week, um, I had a lot of time to listen to music, and most of it was actually punk. And the one thing I realized about punk this week is the... Intros and verses suck, but the choruses are great for most punk. In my in my experience, especially the Misfits, like this song is the epitome of just like, man, like this intro is garbage. And <laughs> the thing that like kind of frustrated me with this song is it got stuck in my the chorus got stuck in my head probably like a year ago, and I just could not find it because I like would go through all their songs and just listen to the first ten seconds, could not find it, and then just shuffling them late at night and i was like oh there it is so finally found it the name is devil's whorehouse so great <laughs> great song wholesome one. wholesome yeah. all right <laughs> logan uh listening to a chew i know that's not it a two a two a two oh I just, I want to do right by the guy. If I'm going to make fun of his British accent, I need to at least pronounce his name correctly. Yeah, it's Atu. Okay. I'm really, I'm trying Atu if you're listening to this. I'm trying. Um, (laughs) He he just might be. Yeah, I'm going to send it to him, and I kind of hope he doesn't hear it. This is another Steven situation, I swear. (laughs) Steven's album drops uh, Friday, by the way. You're never going to find it SEO. Hey, 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 hold up, hold up. For both Atu and Steven, there are massive parts of them that I like. For Steven, I would say I legit liked about 70% of him, about of what he had to offer. And with Atu, it's probably closer to like a 65, but like the production that he chooses and when he sings is really gorgeous. But you understand when I come on this show, I have to focus on that, that 35, that 30% that I don't like. Because that's what I'm bringing to the table right now. Huh. All right. Anyway. What's your song? <laughs> well, yeah, what's your bop? <laughs> this is Bob of the Week. Yeah. Uh, listening does, to does Eden. Does this bop come from the 30%? Just, just curious. We're focusing on it. Yeah. <laughs> does this, does this bop from no, the 30 No, but it, it is a little bit of a, of a weird pick. Um, listening to Eden always gets me on my rotation of Frank Ocean again. Mm. Um, and so I want to suggest the song Facebook Story from Blonde. And it's weird. It's kind of an intermission. It's just a guy talking about his girlfriend not understanding why he doesn't want to be friends with her on Facebook. Just real innocent, straightforward story. But the most beautiful, 
mellow electric piano line to just guide you through the clouds as you live through somebody else's memories. And nice. it, it's a beautiful little minute, and I think it really goes unsung in the scope of the whole album because Blonde is great, but uh, if you're on that art pop grind or making an art pop album yourself, you know, take some from Atu, take some from Eden, and include some cute intermissions like this one because that'll make you a star. <laughs> All right. Um, I've been listening to a lot of like early to mid-2000s post-hardcore this week, just comes and goes every once in a while but uh specifically i've been listening to the band sparta it's jim ward's band from after at the drive-in split up half the band became the mars volta the other half became sparta um their first album is called wiretap scars and my song of the week or bop the week excuse me is cataract it's just a really good track i've been listening to that and their album porcelain a lot from 2004 but yeah nice anything particular why you chose it just Sparta's always been a you. band that I really liked. It was one of the first post-hardcore bands that I ever heard back in probably about 2004. Mm. So nice. something that just stuck with me for a long time. They have another song off of their album Threes, and I'm blanking on the song title right now, um, but it was fairly popular in about 2006. But those first two albums are definitely their best, and I like that third album too, but it's just... <laughs> Dude, I, got, I want to give that a try. I'll make a whole playlist. I got so Dude, much time on it. my hands. I will make a post playlist. I, you know, I'll hit you up on text. All right, I, for I, sure. Yeah, I would um, love that. So for my bop, last week, it was just an offhand remark. Somebody was talking about Aaron Core, and so I actually did make an Aaron Core playlist. <laughs> and it was, an, it was quite the experience, actually, because I was like, these are tried and true. I have liked these songs for a significant amount of time. Songs. And... It's I I enjoy the like it's true that album that that playlist is Aaron Core it really is and anyway very narcissistic thing to do but it was a good time and while doing it I reflected upon a few that have definitely not been on my playlist for a while and so this week I've been um, back on uh, one of my all time favorite albums Peter Gabriel Up um, there's a track on there uh, I grieve holy cow it's really good. I'm definitely really back into Peter Gabriel up. I think I'm going to be spinning that for the foreseeable future. It's probably about a month investment. I got back in that album again. So anyway. it is, I grieve mellow the entire time. It has a little part where it turns for a second in the, in the middle of it, but yeah, it's very, very mellow the one with that lead that goes, wah, wah. <laughs> you know that one? You just described like, 50 different you need, Devo songs. You need to <laughs> listen to this song, and more importantly, you need to listen to this album. I am serious. It's so good. Anyway, that's what I got. Well, Nitwicks, uh, we came, we offended all, and <laughs> we're, we're done. So, um, Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll catch you next time, you know? <laughs>